0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Prater willi syndrome found under the pediatric section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 33 year old woman delivers a baby girl at full term without complications. During a breastfeeding session, a lactation specialist notes that the neonate has poor muscle tone, poor suck, and a weak cry her basic laboratory results are normal. As hypotonia is classically associated with a genetic condition, a geneticist is consulted for further discussion. Let's continue with an introduction to Prater-Willi syndrome. As a general overview, Prater-Willi syndrome is a disorder of imprinting associated with mutations or deletions of chromosome 15q11-13. In terms of the incidence, this occurs in one in sixteen thousand to twenty-five thousand newborns. With regards to the pathogenesis, the maternal allele on chromosome fifteen q eleven point two to thirteen is normally methylated or silenced. Mutation or deletion of the paternal allele then results in complete absence or defective gene expression, leading to Prader-Willi syndrome. With regards to the genetics, this demonstrates a sporadic inheritance pattern, and in terms of the mutations. 25% are due to maternal uniparental disomy, which means there are two copies of the maternal chromosome 15. The majority of cases are due to a mutation or deletion in the paternal chromosome 15q 11.2-13. to Genes that have been identified within this segment include the SNRPN gene, UBE3A gene, and the Nectin gene. Conditions that are associated include growth hormone deficiency. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms may include intellectual disability, hyperphagia, and behavioral problems. On exam, in the neonate and infant, one may note hypotonia, poor suck, failure to thrive, a weak cry, genital hypoplasia, and cryptorchidism. In toddlers, one may note delayed developmental milestones. And in children, one may note obesity, small hands and feet, a short stature, strabismus, and scoliosis. In terms of further imaging, radiography is indicated to assess for scoliosis. Specific findings would be a curvature of the spine. In terms of further studies, serum labs may include a fasting level of insulin-like growth factor 1 and insulin-like growth factor binding protein 3. This helps to screen for underlying growth hormone deficiency, and it can be confirmed with provocative growth hormone stimulation testing. Genetic testing may include chromosomal or microarray analysis and it may be done as a prenatal test via chorionic villus sampling or amniocentesis. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about Angelman syndrome, with key distinguishing factors being that there will be a silenced maternal genomic material at the chromosome 15q11.2-13, and it is characterized by excessive laughter, hyperexcitability, and hand flapping. With regards to treatment, lifestyle options include behavioral therapy, This is critical for conditioning a child to normal eating habits and avoiding hyperphagia. Another option is diet and exercise. This often requires coordination between the home and school. And another option is calorie restriction. Medical options include growth hormones. Indications include growth failure and growth hormone deficiency. Another option is hormone replacement therapy. This is indicated for delayed puberty. Surgical options include placing a feeding tube. This is indicated for growth failure in infancy. Complications related to Prater-Willi syndrome include hypopituitarism with deficiency in growth hormone, scoliosis, obstructive sleep apnea, and core pulmonale. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that patients are typically able to function well into adulthood. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to Prater-Willi syndrome, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested for this question consider the following clinical scenario a 6-year-old boy presents to the pediatrician for a well-child visit the patient's parents report that they are struggling to manage his temper tantrums which happen several times per day they usually occur in the morning before school and during meal times when his parents try to limit how much he eats the patient often returns for second or third helpings at meals and snacks throughout the day The patient's parents have begun limiting the patient's food intake because he has been gaining weight. They also report that the patient recently began first grade, but still struggles with counting objects and naming letters consistently. The patient sat without support at 11 months of age and walked at 17 months of age. The patient's temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 106 over 63. Pulse is 105 beats per minute and respirations, are 21 breaths per minute. He is in the 99th percentile for weight and 5th percentile for height. On physical exam, he has almond-shaped eyes and a downturned mouth. He has poor muscle tone. Which of the following additional findings would most likely also be seen in this patient? And the answer choices are, choice 1, ataxia. Choice 2, hemihyperplasia. Choice 3, hypogonadism. Choice 4, Macroorchidism, or choice five, a webbed neck. The best answer to this question is choice three, hypogonadism. This pediatric patient with dysmorphic facies, delayed acquisition of motor milestones, intellectual disability, behavioral problems, obesity, and hyperphagia, which suggests a diagnosis of Prater-Willi syndrome. Prater-Willi syndrome is also characterized by hypogonadism. Prater-Willi syndrome is caused by maternal uniparental disomy of chromosome 15q11-13, in which two copies of chromosome 15 are inherited from the mother. The most common clinical manifestations in infants are hypotonia, difficulty feeding, and delayed acquisition of motor milestones. Patients may also have dysmorphic faces, including a narrow forehead, almond-shaped eyes, and a downturned mouth, the most prominent features in older children are hyperphagia resulting in obesity, behavioral problems, intellectual disability, and hypogonadism. Treatment is with behavioral therapy, dietary monitoring, and hormone replacement therapy. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one: Ataxia is a feature of Angelman syndrome, which is caused by paternal uniparental disomy of chromosome fifteen q eleven thirteen. Angelman syndrome presents with short stature, intellectual disability, frequent smiling or laughing, hands flapping, and ataxia. Treatment is supportive. Choice two, hemihyperplasia is a feature of Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome. Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome classically presents with macrosomia, macroglossia, midline abdominal wall defects, visceromegaly, and neonatal hypoglycemia. Treatment is with surgical repair of the abdominal wall defects as well as repletion of glucose. Choice four, macroorchidism is a feature of Fragile X syndrome, an X-linked trinucleotide repeat disorder that presents with intellectual disability, a large head, a long face, a prominent forehead, and protruding ears. Treatment is supportive. Choice five, webbed neck in a phenotypically male child is most commonly associated with Newton syndrome, which also presents with facial dysmorphism, short stature intellectual disability, cryptorganism, and congenital heart disease, including pulmonic stenosis. Treatment is with surgical repair of congenital cardiopulmonary defects. Finally, a bullet summary. Prater-Willi syndrome commonly presents in older children and adolescents with hyperphagia, intellectual disability, and hypogonadism. That's all for this review about Prater-Willi syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, We'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.